If you have your Bibles, I want to go to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4 tonight. And I just want to tell you from the start that I believe that God wants to do some miracles in this house tonight. I really do. I'm glad for the two or three of you that agree with me, but I really believe that God wants to do some miracles in this house tonight. Every time we come together as a body of believers, every single time, and you start to feel what we felt in here from the very first strum of a guitar or key that was hit on that piano, it's because God's here for a purpose and a reason. I don't want to miss it tonight. I don't want to miss it. Second Kings chapter 4, beginning with verse 8. The Bible says, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed that, uh, to Shunem, where was a great woman. She constrained him to eat bread. So it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which, which passeth by us continually. He comes by here often. And let us make a chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. All And, and it shall be... When he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, that he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him. He said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is it to be done for thee? Would, wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. She said, I'm fine being exactly who I am. And he said, what then is to be for, for her? And Gehazi answered, verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the door. He said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. She said, nay, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. The woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. What a great miracle this passage shows us here, the Shunammite woman. And I want to preach to you just a lesson from the Shunammite woman tonight. What I feel in the Holy Ghost. And I believe, I believe that the Lord is going to move in here at some point. It may be in the middle. It may be in the beginning. It could be right now. I just know what I feel in the spirit. God's going to move in here, and we're going to have a night of miracles in this house. There's going to be a night of restoration in this house. There's been some things that you've been you've been talking about for a long time that haven't come to pass, but tonight, somebody say, tonight is my night. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, Lord. 
God, I pray that everything that we feel in the spirit right now, Lord, whatever you want to do in this house, let it be so and let it come to pass. I take dominion and authority over every spirit, human or demonic, that would stand contrary to your perfect will being established and done. Thy kingdom come right here at Antioch Central. Thy will be done right here, God, right here on earth in this sanctuary as it already is in heaven. Let it be done tonight, God, and have your way. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. And one more time, would you give the Lord a shout of praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated, but don't stay seated long. I preach a lot shorter, and it's a lot more powerful when I have help. Amen. Is that right, Pastor Wright? That is right. Every time. Let's talk about a Shunammite woman tonight. The Bible does not give this woman a name. She's not. She's mentioned a couple different times in Scripture or referred back to according to this story of, of the great woman that she was, the great woman of hospitality that she was, but she's not mentioned by name. She's simply mentioned or known as the woman of Shunem or the Shunammite woman to make that uh, even shorter. And even that in itself is a pretty powerful concept. They, those are my favorite stories in the scripture, to be honest with you, when somebody that is not given a name still has the opportunity to receive a blessing or a miracle or something from God. It makes me realize real quick that it really doesn't matter what my last name is, what my past is, who I am, where I come from. All that matters is that if I have an opportunity to get in his presence or somehow touch him, that I can be recorded somewhere in some pages of history of receiving something from him. So let's just go ahead and take that out of the equation tonight. It really doesn't matter what your background is doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher's kid or a prostitute's child. It doesn't matter if you were an accident or if your parents wanted you. It doesn't matter if you were abandoned. It doesn't matter if you were molested. Your past doesn't matter. Your future really doesn't matter. Your name doesn't matter. The fact that you're in the presence of God, he orchestrated you to be here tonight. He made a way when you didn't even know it was happening and he put you in. He his presence for a reason. So take out all reasons of why you're unqualified and why you, you should not deserve anything in the presence of God. If God showed up, and I know you feel him in this house tonight, he's done it because he wants to give his people something that they do not have. He wants somebody to walk out of here with something that they didn't have when they came in with or just different, whether it's looking different. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. Whether it's walking different, whether it's coming in with cancer and leaving with no cancer, whether it's coming in with no hope and on the verge of suicide and leaving out victorious and dancing and shouting in the parking lot because of a pandemic and COVID, whatever it is, the fact that God's made a way for you to be in his presence tonight, it's an open door of opportunity for you. My, 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 I feel a short runway here tonight. My help's coming on early. Come on, Antioch. 
God brought you in this house tonight. I'm going to finish preaching, but I need everybody to get on board before we move on. God's brought you for a reason here tonight. And when your faith gets to the level that you said, God called my name. God woke me up this morning. God orchestrated my steps to be in this place because he wants to change my life. Now you believe it, don't you? You feel the anticipation in here right now. Now you really do believe it, don't you? As a matter of fact, I feel, I feel angels moving in this room right now. Some of you have already received miracles and you don't even know what it is. Go back to the doctor this week or next week and see if they don't tell you. There's a change in your blood pressure. The numbers are different. Something has changed. I don't know when it happened. I'll tell you when it happened. It happened when your faith got to the level that you heard the word. Faith cometh by hearing. And you started dancing and said, hey, if there's a miracle in the house tonight, I want it. Shootamite woman. She's not named. And I've, I've said in leadership meetings, I've talked, I've, I've I've been a part of messages, I've been in services where people talk about the Shunammite woman and they will use her as an example of hospitality. They'll use her as an example of how to, to, to be to other people or to Christians or to people that are, that are lost or that are hurting. And, and that's a great thing. I get criticized a lot of being uber critical. I really do. I get criticized that I probably don't see the good in everybody and some of that's true, but I, I, I actually take issue with the Shunammite woman early on in her story. I know that might sound a little bit of amazing, but there's something that doesn't quite add up or make sense to me about this woman. The Bible says that she is a great woman of Shunam. She does not really have a revelation of who Jehovah is. It really doesn't say she has a relationship with him, but she is a great woman in her city. I don't know if that means she was on the city council or if she was somehow some kind of political figure or, or if everybody just liked her and spoke well about her, but the Bible says she is a great woman. She's a great woman. She has some characteristics and some qualities that, that are appreciated by her peers. Yet there is something that she does not have. There are some, there are some holes in her. There are some needs that she has. And the Bible says that as she, as, as Elisha would pass through Shunem, that she found him one day and she constrained him to eat bread. She recognized that there was something different about the man of God. She recognized there was something on him and in him that she had never had before or the needs in her life that she needed. The problem or the issue that I have with her is you have to continue reading. After that, you find out that continually this opportunity and this moment with this man had made itself available to her. And yet he never knew. He never knew her need for a miracle. 
He had no idea as he began to question his servant Gehazi later in the story. He had no idea that she had any need at all. He was convinced that she was a the poster child for hospitality. And it's a great thing to be hospitable, Antioch. It's a fantastic thing to be a loving church. To love the lost, to reach for the lost, to be people of hospitality. But I have to tell you that if you are in contact with the presence of God, and if the opportunity comes that it passes by you continually, and you sit there and you're okay and happy with being a hospitable Christian, yet you never make mention or make it known to Jesus that there is a problem or a hole or a need for to be different. Let me talk to some Shunammite women in the room tonight. God shows up in this sanctuary just about every time that anybody shows up in this sanctuary. I've had the opportunity this weekend to walk in here. And before anybody even starts praying, you can start to feel the flow of the Holy Ghost that's been here for 50 years now. As much as I can tell as this is the Pentecost year of your church. For years, the Holy Ghost moved through here every time that you come. And if I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight, there's some people in here that you are, that you have some of the same issues, some of the same needs, some of the same diseases, some of the same problems that the very first time, from the very first time that you walked in here, whether you've been here 20 minutes or 20 years, there hasn't been a change in some things. And it's not because you don't believe it can happen. It's because you have not given, you have not made that issue available to the one that can change. The Bible says Elijah passed by continually Sunday after Sunday, Thursday after Thursday. And oh, the Shunammite woman, she was faithful to the house of God. She was faithful in her tithes. She was always going to be there to be a part of the worship, to be a part of whatever. But there was something in her that what that was not. She had a hole in her that had never been healed. She had some deep deep, deep scars and bruises that she would not make available or make known to somebody that could change it. She liked what she felt because it would get her through the week, but she never did really believe that there may be an opportunity for something to change. And then, and then, she begins to recognize not just the the anointing or or the spirit on the man Elisha, But if you look at the reason of why she started to do something different or started to try to find a way to make a change, it's because her husband was old. She had no child. She had nothing to look for. The one need that she had, she was a great woman in stature. She had all everything going for her in the city of Shunem. But the, the thing that she wanted the most in life, the thing that she needed to change the most, she never made it known. And even in her great stature, it could not overcome the burning hole that was within her. She couldn't do it. And then she starts to look around and recognize and realize that her husband is getting older. 
And if it's ever going to be fulfilled, if she's ever going to have a child, if she's ever going to get the miracle that she wants, if she's ever ever going to give birth to the things that she has desired to give birth to, something has to change. There has to be a miracle take place. When will it? How will it? I don't know. But I, I can't get in her mind and, and think about what all went on. But I know that as the, the more that she visited there, the more that she went by there, she loved what she felt when Elisha was in her presence. But when he left, she went back to the same, doing the same routine Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and things. It, it was, it was there. She was waiting until Elisha would come back. She was waiting for the next service, but she still lived with this whole then she starts to feel that time is running out and she makes us a a a statement she has a conversation with her husband she finally brings it up to him she says you're getting old we have no child to be a fly on the wall in the house the night that this conversation came i would have loved to have been there to figure out exactly what was said or how it was how it came across to the husband, because the Bible doesn't say anything about the husband's desire at all to be in contact with the prophet or that he even knew about him. Don't know if he did. And if your husband or your wife is not in church, backslid or just gone or not committed, and you've been pulling the weight, just coming to service and service like this Shunammite woman did, and started to let down the belief that there might be something to change. Let me tell you, your husband needs to know. Your husband needs to know that there's got to be a miracle. Somebody's got to look at him in the eye and say something's got to change. We're running out of time. It's what this woman did. She went home. She has a conversation with him, and I love the things the decisions that she makes in this in this conversation when she says, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Let us set for him a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us, he shall turn in thither. She starts to talk to her husband and she says, if things, if I am going to get what I need and what I desire the most in my life, I am going to have to make some changes. We are going to have to make some changes and we're going to have to make a space for the prophet. We're going to have to make some room for the the presence of God, not just when he comes by, but we've got to create some space in our house. We've got to move some things out if we have to, but somehow... Some way we've got to create some space so that when he comes by here the next time, he won't be so quick to leave. I'll, I'll stop living like this most of the, of the week or the month waiting for the next time that he'll come. But if I make some space in the home, if I can somehow restructure this thing, somehow move some things out of my life, listen to me tonight, young and old, I don't care how old that you are. I don't care what your age is. 
is. Hear me tonight. There is no time like the presence that you began to look and prioritize the things in your life and say, if I'm ever going to be different, if I'm ever going to have a relationship with God, if I'm ever going to know how to hear the voice of God, if I'm ever going to know how to bring the filling at Antioch into my house, I've got to make some space. I may just have to reorder some things in my schedule. I may have to look at my calendar. I may even have to change jobs. I may have to put in a job application somewhere else if I need to, Pastor Wright. Pastor Wright should never say that I know this is short notice on 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 a on a Sunday that we're gonna have service on Saturday night and, and lay the, 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 the underlying thing out there if you've already got plans. Let me tell you, Antioch, if you've already got plans. I'll tell you this in the Holy Ghost. This man's being led by the voice of God to bring a revival to this church. The, whoever George Hurd is, I don't know him. But God's called him here. It's time for us to make some space. I'm not getting on to him, but I know what the pressures are of being a pastor. And the reason that he says it is because he already knows the phone calls, the text messages that will come in this week. Pastor, we've had these plans. Let me tell you, I'm just the the evangelist this weekend. I get to go home, change your schedule, ask off work, make the space that you have to. Because Elisha's coming by here this weekend. Oh, can I preach to somebody without offending you too bad? As a matter of fact, I really don't care if I offend you tonight because the Holy Ghost is speaking, not me. He's saying recognize the season. Time is running out. You you may be getting to the age that you may not be able to have birth. Give birth to the things that you want. You may not have access to the miracles that you need in a few years. You may be on the outside of the ark when the flood is coming down, scratching, wanting the doors to open. If you're ever going to make space for Jesus, if you're ever going to make space for the things of God in your home, in your life, in your family, you better wake up and realize that 2020 is not joking with anybody, but this thing's winding down, and it's time. It's time. It's time. What do I have to move? What do I have to move? And for you young people that's in here tonight, for you young ones that are in here tonight, don't get caught up in clogging your life full of the junk of this world at a young age. Because I think your parents will tell you it gets harder when you get older to rid yourself of old habits. It gets a lot more difficult when you get to the age of you've always prioritized things on the job and extracurricular activities. I'm not going to preach against sports so much, but let me tell you. If your sports schedule gets in the way of your relationship with God and your connection to the house of the presence of God. I feel it. Move him off of it. Move him off of it. We got a football game. 
Basketball COVID is going to be gone and bad by basketball season. You may make the NBA, but if you make the NBA and you're lost, good luck. Hope your jumper's pretty. At least, at least all the people in hell will have a memory and they'll remember what your stats were. But it ain't going to be fun. Huh. Sometimes, in order for us to get what God wants to give us, in order for us to attain the things that God has for us, in order to get the holes filled in us, we got to move and create a bigger hole within our own life. We got to make some space. The Shunammite woman looked at her husband and said, when we get home tonight, we need to start looking. We, we need to pull out the blueprint of the house. Read it. They didn't add on to the house. They didn't make an addition to the house. I studied all of it. They didn't go to the lumber store to try to figure out how to add on to the house. Because there's only 24 hours in a day and there's only seven days in a week. And there's only one life that you live. You're not going to get more of it. Sometimes you've got to look around and you say, what is important? And what do I need to move? What do I need to clear out? Because if I'm ever going to have what I need, there's got to be room for it to dwell here. As David said this one thing I've desired and that will I seek after. They asked him at the end of his life, if you could do anything else, if you could do, have anything, what is, maybe they ask him, what was your greatest accomplishment, David? Was it killing, was it killing the Goliath? Was that fun, the lion, the bear? What was, what was the greatest thing in your life? And he said, he said, if I, if anything, I desire one thing and one only, that I may dwell. Mm. That's an important word because what that means is inhabit. That I may exist that I may live, that I may inhabit, that I may dwell in the house or the presence of Lord forever. What are you saying, Brother Jensen? Do you want us to live in the church? If your pastor says live in the church, live in the church. I know the four walls you're not going to live in. But somehow, in some way, this has to be taken home. This has to move beyond Antioch Church. This has to move off of this address and into every home, into every neighborhood, into every workspace, into every place that you are. You're a tabernacle. You are an Old Testament tabernacle of the presence of God. This one thing. This one thing, if I could go, this one thing is what I want that I may dwell. I'm going to pursue after it. I'm going to seek after it. It's the only thing that I want. Because of that, David was a very blessed man. Because of that, David found forgiveness at every turn. Because of that, he was known as a man after God's own heart. He never had need or want of anything. Because he was available to the presence of God. 
I don't mean to preach so hard, but I'm telling you, the Lord, is it's like somebody's hit that fast-forward button and we're on that little X32. This thing is its steamrolling to the end and I can't help but be passionate about trying to pull somebody out of the fire, trying to pull somebody out of the mess of this world and say, if you don't make space right now, you're going to run out of time. Discern the time like the Shunammite woman. Even though she waited around a lot longer than she should have. At the least she could discern the hour that she was in. That I'm running out of time. That if something don't change a few years down the road. Elisha may not come by anymore. I may leave. I may not even be on his path anymore. The opportunities may never come by anymore. My husband may be dead. I may go through that process and never be able to give birth again. Something doesn't change. It's the realization of the time. The hour that she was living in. She said, we got to change some things. we got to move some things around. And then that old prophet comes by again. This time, I don't know where their meeting place was. I have no idea. But this time, when he came by, it was different. It was noticeably different. The hour where she got the opportunity to be in that presence again. Things have changed here. I have access to parts and areas of this woman that I did not have before. She's let her guard down. She's made herself vulnerable. She has revealed some things to me that I never knew before. And he began to scratch his head as now there was a room in that house that they had made. Did you have a child and I didn't know it? Was somebody else living in your house? No, prophet, that's your room. That's that, That's your space. We've made that for you. Why is there a bed there? Because I'm begging you. Don't leave this time. I can't go through another week and not have you here every single day. I can't live with this hole, with this need one more day. And Elisha thought, what in the world? Goes and gets his servant. Do you have any idea what's going on? Does she need a Does she want me to say something to the king for her? Does she want me to put in a good word for her? Does she somehow want to become more than what she is in Shunem right now? I'm not really sure what's going on. Her response was, no, you don't even have to bless me. I don't care. I don't care about about you blessing me. I, I I I don't give a care in the world about you handing me another blessing. I'm fine being exactly who I am. So that was a weird response. He asked Gehazi, what, what does she need? She has no child. Husband's getting old. The one thing that she doesn't have, and it amazes me that he did not know. He started guessing what it was. How many times do we come to the house of God And we sit there waiting for somebody to call us out. We sit there waiting for a word to be the exact word that we need. 
we sit there and wait for Nathaniel to finally start playing the exact song that we've been wanting him to play. We sit there and we're just waiting for somehow, some way that somebody will come stick their finger in our face and say, today is the day. We're waiting for somehow that God would just maybe all the stars would align and finally the opportunity would come. The Lord knows everything. Hear me, He knows what it is. Sometimes the Lord needs to know that you have enough faith in Him that you're willing to surrender the most vulnerable things, that you're willing to show Him the areas that you lack in the most. You're willing to give Him and show Him the things that aren't perfect. We present ourselves and we think we have to be perfect. You'll fool me. You'll fool Pastor Wright. I know he's in the flow of the Holy Ghost, but you men of God, maybe you're different than me, but we don't know everything. We get caught by surprise. Sometimes, you guys may not even know this, but we stay up late on Saturday night and up all night trying to figure out. And we'll even sometimes, if we're honest, we're trying to piece a message together to reach the one person that we know is on the verge of something in our church because we don't want them to go to hell. But all along, Jesus said, gave me a revelation a long time ago about pastoring. I used to do it. God, how am I supposed to reach these people? What am I supposed to do? How, am I, how in the world am I supposed to preach a message that can somehow resonate and touch every need that I know about, much less the ones I don't? And the Lord gave me a revelation of a Shunammite woman that those people that hide, that those people that are just okay with sitting through those opportunities and until they decide in themselves that I can't live another day with this issue, I'll make whatever change that I have to. I'll strip everything away if I have to. So that, the, so that I can get the Lord's attention enough that He'll put a word in me. He'll give me a word. He'll give me what I need. And when Elisha finds out the issue, the Shunammite woman, it's amazing. He says, that's all? That's what it was? Really? Cancer? Really? Unforgiveness? Really? Depression? Really? Anxiety? Really? Coronavirus? Really? Suicide? Really? Why would you hide the need for a miracle and be waiting on the right opportunity when I've sent my prophet by there constantly? When I've orchestrated and organized times in that service over and over again, I put you in that place so that you'd feel my presence. And the opportunity would come that you would feel, you would feel 
me and you would know that what you needed was in the room. Why would you wait to show me those things? Why would you wait to tell me things that you really need the most? But no, we walk out with the same depression. We walk out with the same thoughts of of, of failure. We walk out of the room with the same sickness and the same disease because we think that it's just our burden to bear. It's our cross to carry. Sometimes we carry things that God wants to remove, but He can't remove because we won't give it to Him. Lay aside every weight, every weight. Cast your cares on Him. Well, there's a deep move and a flow of the Holy Ghost in here. And I know you're waiting on me to almost turn the switch on. You're waiting on me tonight. We've conditioned the church to do that, Brother McGirt. Wait until the preacher says, hey, it's okay now. I got clear instruction from the Lord tonight. Preach the word. Preach the word. Tell my people, I don't care what their name is. Tell my people, I don't care what their need is. I'm going to send my prophet there with the word. I'm going to move in there one more time. I'm going to give them an opportunity. Come on, somebody. It's a good thing to be a great person. It's a good thing to have some kind of stature, but how long are you going to wear a badge that God never intended you to wear? How long are you going to carry around the shame, the guilt? And not every miracle is physical. Hear me. And not every miracle is physical. I know what I feel. There's some heavy shackles and some heavy chains in here right now. There's some people that have contemplated suicide in the last 48 hours. And you better hear the Holy Ghost. Because the next 48 hours, if you walk out of here without making yourself vulnerable in His presence tonight... It may be more than you can carry. But I told you when I walked to the pulpit, there's a miracle for somebody in the house tonight. There are miracles. There is deliverance for some people in here tonight. There is some mental and emotional miracles in this place tonight. Come on, Shunamite, don't be so proud. Come on, Shunamite, you can't do this by yourself. 
Sometimes you got to make it known to Jesus just how serious it is, just how much you need him. Come on, somebody that's got that gifting of travail, I wish you'd begin to birth something in the spirit right now. There's somebody's life who is hanging in the ballast right now that needs your gifting. You intercessors in here, I wish you'd go ahead and tap in right here and right now. I could preach another hour, but God says right now there's angels in the room and I'm going to release them in the name of Jesus. There are miracles in the atmosphere right now looking for a Shunammite woman that says, God, I'm cleaning out my house. God, I'm not leaving here the same way. God, I can't live like this anymore. Come on, I take dominion and authority right now over every chain, every shackle of depression. Even if that thing's been there 20 years, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight. Let your faith get to the point where you believe God is bigger than the depression that you've been living in. Go ahead in your mind and start casting your anxiety pills down the toilet. In your mind, start throwing those things that's been a crutch to you away tonight. God has walked in here ready to do a miracle. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I release you right now, young man, by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. Every chain's going to fall. Every shackle's going to fall. In Jesus' name. Come on, Malaysia. It ends tonight, Malaysia. It ends tonight. Lay it all down. Lay every bit down by the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. I speak to every old wound. I speak to every scar. Right now, I command it to be healed like new skin, like it never was there, like it is gone forever in Jesus' name. Satya Allah, Bahura, Satya Maha. 
You feel anything at all? Is this all right? We good? Is he good? We good? Come on, I know, I, I know we got COVID regulations right now, but I wish somebody, I wish somebody would stand to their feet in an act of faith. Maybe we can't make a step to the altar, but if you can stand to your feet and say, God, I can't live like this, God, you gotta do something tonight, God, something's gotta change. Come on, don't stop. There's an overflow coming in here. Somebody's going to get restoration of joy that you haven't had in a long, long time. There's some joy that's going to be restored. Some of you elders back there that's been living in a depression. 
with lost kids and lost grandkids and you've been thinking they're never going to come home. You've casted it on the Lord. God's already dispatched angels tonight to go to your grandkids. He's already sent angels out of here to the prodigals. And now there's going to be a restoration of joy that's coming to your spirit. There's going to be assurance that's coming to you that God knows it and it's going to come to pass. You're not going to have to live with the anxiety anymore. You're not going to have to live in anger anymore. You're not going to have to live with the shame, the regrets, and the mistakes of the way you parented anymore. God's restoring joy right now. If that's you, I wish you'd raise your hands as high as you can and let God pour it out on you by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. I release joy. I release joy in this house. I release the peace of the Holy Ghost to come back in the name of Jesus. Ha ta la ba ya so to ra ba ha.